Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, brother? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Good. Now that we finally got this uh, connection thing sorted out. You know, man, the, the internet here, the way things are set up. So it was yesterday, about three o'clock in the afternoon. I just finished all my work with the signs. And then I was going to program a, a remote on the gate. And then I came in and my wife's like, there's no internet whatsoever. And so we've got a, they call it a bridge. I never knew what it was until I was doing research yesterday. Um, and there's a bridge and it shoots internet from the house to the shop. Uh, but then to get that internet, there's like an access point. So it steals, like, basically kind of grabs the internet from the Wi-Fi signal. And, uh, there's just so many little things that go on. And when the internet stops working in the shop, there's like, I think there's four different types of components that you have to check. Oh man, I couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out uh, to the point where I went out and I just killed the power coming in like on our main 100 amp breaker <laughs> like to the entire property. I'm just like, boof, I shut it down for five minutes. I know that's not the best thing to do for some devices, but I, I was at the point where I didn't care. Nothing. And then we have this one tiny little, little picker upper thingy madur. I don't know what it does exactly, but I went and I unplugged it and left it unplugged for about two minutes, plugged it back in, and it worked. But the thing I don't get is that I killed power to that thing for five minutes, like about, you know, half an hour before that. Why would physically unplugging it and plugging it back in make a difference? Like, I don't, oh my word. There's gremlins in this stuff out here, man. Drives me nuts. But how was your week this past week? Oh, got the, finally got my tractor delivered. Monday yeah. night. And I saw that, man. As we were unloading it, it started raining and then rained all the way through Wednesday morning and then couldn't do anything Wednesday because it was our 28th wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah. Happy anniversary. That's a long well, sentence. Well, you know, congratulations to me. You know, condolences for Danette. <laughs> That's crazy. 28 years. That's amazing, man. Yeah, she would have been nice. paroled by now. She'd just murdered somebody. <laughs> That's right, man. That's cool. Not many people can say they've been married for 28 years, Todd. You know that? Well, not nowadays. Yeah. You know, some people can say, oh, I've been married 28 times. <laughs> That's right. No kidding. Oh, congratulations to you, too. That's exciting. Well, thank you. And, and I have a question. So you sent me a picture of your tractor. First of all, you're, you're looking good, man. And like you know something? I hate that picture of me because I'm like, that picture clearly doesn't show all the weight I've lost. You know, yeah. Like, and, um, cause I, well, anyway. Well, no, you're like, and I showed Steph said, look at Todd's new tractor. And Steph's like, has Todd lost a lot of weight? I'm like, yeah, he has. Like he, <laughs> you're looking fantastic. Yeah. Depending on it's, whose scale you believe mine or my doctors, I've either lost 40 pounds or 46 pounds. Oh, wow. 
just in this calendar year. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, you think if it, like a, you think about a real small petite adult woman who is a hundred pounds, you've lost half of a human. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's good job, man. That's awesome. Oh, I mean, you can look at it like that, or you can look at it like from the time I started losing weight and all, and go back in time to when I joined the air force, uh, I was double me. I gained yeah, yeah. an entire me. Yeah. Ate yourself. Uh, now I was a you know half Ethiopian, half alien when I was nineteen. <laughs> you know I was only ninety nine pounds. Yeah, yeah. But still, that's crazy, huh? Speaking of nineteen year olds, um, my oldest son Kobe's nineteen, and uh, he bought a truck. I sent you a picture of it. Yeah. So it, it big old jacked up. So I what is that? I think it's a '96 Chevy half ton, but it's got nine inches of lift. So it's got like a six inch suspension lift and then a three inch body lift. He's riding on 37 inch tires. Now, I remember when guys used to be oh I, put, I got 35s on my truck and so 37s are pretty big. Anyways, we were going to church on Sunday and the kids were staying late because our church just finished this huge expansion. And they need people to move stuff from, you know, some supplies from where we are now into the new spaces. And the kids wanted to volunteer. And Steph and I were like, no, we're tired. We're not staying. So they said, oh, can we drive ourselves and stay? And I'm like, sure. And then Kobe had to work a little bit. He was getting paid for it. So anyways, Kobe took his truck in. And then Isaiah and Foster, they all wanted to go with Kobe because it's such a cool truck. And so they left five minutes after us. And so we get cruising. This is about, I don't know, 7.30 in the morning or something like that. And we're going down and the, the road we drive on, there's quite, usually we see deer. Like last night I was coming back from Moana and I saw deer. Anyways, we're almost into the city and we get this call and it's the, one of the boys. I don't know whose phone called us, but Steph answered it. And there's like this yelling. And I was like, oh my goodness, what happened? And Steph's like, what's the matter? What's the matter? What happened? And so we're thinking the worst and what's wrong? And they're just like, ah, like this. Anyway, they hit a deer in this truck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were laughing so hard and they had to call and tell us about it. And I guess the deer just went straight underneath of it and nothing happened to the truck whatsoever. And I'm like, two days before that, like on like it was Friday, he picked it up. But if they had been driving my Civic and hit the deer, they'd all be in the hospital, right? Like that thing would have been inside there with them. And uh, anyways, so they stopped, went out and the deer, they said this deer just jumped right out, which I believe because I've had the, they're stupid. And there's this one spot along the irrigation canal where it's heavily treed on both sides of the road. And so obviously they like, you know, kind of moving back and forth along that area and you'll be going and all of a sudden there's literally, you hardly see it jump. It's just standing right in front of you. I've had to lay my, like slam my brakes on there before and, uh, there's a dead carcass was it two weeks ago I was out for a bike ride and there's a dead deer carcass in the ditch at the exact same spot and so anyways they smoked this deer and they said it literally just jumped out and then they looked back and it was spinning around on the road got up walked and then fell down and then they stopped and they went out and it was, it was dead uh, just died in the ditch but they thought it was hilarious and I was like okay is it is it a buck or is it a doe and they're like oh it's a doe I was like oh okay that's fine then but but yeah that's crazy um like yeah i mean it's it's funny because it's a cool truck 
But like I was telling Kobe, I was like, dude, you realize now your paychecks is going to support you driving that. It's like, what do you mean? I said, you know how bad that's going to be on fuel? And uh, I guess he's since Friday, so in less than a week, he's already put three tanks of gas into it. <laughs> but he's, he's been cruising around with his friends and stuff, but my goodness. It's cool look, and I like the looks of it, but when even the tires, I told him, I said, you know those tires are probably going to be a, a thousand bucks a tire, right? Really? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you can't, and he's got a full-size spare, which is nice because you couldn't run anything but, but I said, if you're driving a truck like this, I said, this is a, this is an expensive proposition, and uh, he loves it because everywhere, he says, every time, I've never driven anywhere and not had at least one person give me a thumbs up or like roll down the window and say, sweet truck, man, you know, because it's a big jacked up truck, but that's pretty cool. So it's got me thinking about a lift for my truck. <laughs> but fun times, hey? Oh, yeah. So uh, did you guys do uh, a Thanksgiving dinner yesterday? Yeah. Um, we went over to dinner with mom and dad. But, I mean, since she's still, you know, I guess on recovery and from the hip stuff, she's walking now. She doesn't need a walk or anything like that, but um, standing up too long. So she did the turkey. I did the ham, you know, when we took right it over on. there. Right on. Yeah, as a, I listened to some podcasts, just random ones yesterday, and they're all talking about Thanksgiving. And Man, I wish I was an American. Well, most every day I wish I was an American, but yesterday I listened to it and like, oh, I want American Thanksgiving. Sounds like a lot of fun. And we, we do Thanksgiving, but I don't know. Ours is always on a Sunday, or I think Sunday, Monday. But, like, to have a Thursday off, that's kind of special because then automatically, you know, you're likely to get the Friday off. And so it kind of, it makes it all seem like a bigger to-do, you know? Yeah. But, and then, um, yeah, like, Steph woke up this morning. You know, we were doing this, the 5 a.m. club. Yeah. I guess I kind of forgot our podcast. Yeah, last week we recorded the whole thing. I know what happened to our recording though, Todd, is that we have an outlet in the basement here and for some reason it's intermittent. Like it'll be fine for two weeks and all of a sudden it won't work for a week. And I never thought to check the breaker box to, you know, just make sure those screws are tightened down. But while we were recording, you were talking and all of a sudden my roadcaster died and just put, and cause I have the roadcaster plugged into one of those outlets on that circuit. And I mean, my laptop, I, you know, I don't even have it plugged in right now. So it was fine. And then I quietly, quickly found a different outlet while you were talking. There's another one that I can reach while sitting down, plugged it into that one, got everything working again. But I think as soon as my roadcaster died, it, it stopped my recording. So last week's podcast, well, where were we about an hour, just over an hour long. Yeah. I had an hour and something worth of your audio. And then I went to import my audio and it was like eight minutes. I was like, are you kidding me? So that's why there wasn't a podcast last week, but, but yeah, so I think I mentioned it last week because Steph read the book, this book, 5 a.m. club. And then I've read it. Well, I haven't read it. I've listened to it twice and it's a good book. And so every single day since last Monday, we've got up at 5 a.m. Exactly. And the very first thing you're supposed to do is exercise. And so literally we wake up 
and we're out out in the garage because you know we got a pretty decent garage gym and today was the first day I didn't do it <laughs> I woke up this morning and Steph's like getting right I'm like I've got a headache like there's some weather change happening I was like I've got a mild headache and I'm just exhausted and so I slept until six today but oh man it's amazing how much you get done though when you get like started on your day early what time do you normally get up 5.30, 6 o'clock. So that's, and that's without even trying. Yeah. And <clears throat> it has varied over the last five or six years, but now, you know, I go to bed anywhere from 8 to 10, depending on what I did that day, you know. Mm-hmm. And boom, wide awake. Uh, and I wake up two or three times during the night, but, uh, you know, 5.30, 5.40, you know, somewhere in there, just wide awake. I'm like, oh, hmm. why? You don't like it? Oh, God, no. Hmm. But I'm, I don't not like it either. I'm in, I'm ambivalent. Yeah. Don't care. Like, I was, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I really chuckle inside when you started telling me the story about the, the book and what it, you know, the little bit you told me about it, the 5 a.m. club. I'm like, eh, I had that too. It was called the military. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Hit Reveille, you wake up, um, work out, shower, go eat. Get get busy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different for different people. Like, so if I wanted to, I could sleep until, I bet I could sleep until 11 every day. Like, some people can't. And even if, like, Steph and I say, okay, we're going to really sleep in. It's a Saturday. We've got nothing planned. It's like, okay, we're not setting alarm. We're sleeping in. By 8 o'clock, Steph's up. And then that like she she doesn't let me sleep in as long as I want because I honestly think I could sleep till 10 30 or 11 um every time I've done that though I wake up and I'm like oh man my day is half gone what a waste but the early morning it almost seems like free time you know because I used to when I was like really heavy into like wanting to consume YouTube videos, like I'd find a new channel, like, oh, I really like this or something. I would get up at five just to watch YouTube so I could have like an hour of YouTube and not feel bad about it, right? Because it's like, I'm I'm not taking time from the work I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not taking time away from my family. I'm getting up early so I can watch these YouTube videos. But um, we, uh, we're doing the signs now, we're getting busy. And with the the level we're at now, usually I'm done, like last year, I'd be done, you know, hopefully by 536 and getting up and getting out there. So we, we hit it hard. Like I've been making like this quiche thing every morning because I have the time. Steph made it this morning because I slept in, but um, exercise, you know, we have our lattes. That's like a tradition Steph and I always do. Every single morning we have lattes together. She has her I make her a London fog and I just have a latte and then we have breakfast and then we're out working by like six o'clock in the morning and I don't know what it is like I'll, I'll only be getting into work an hour maybe two hours earlier than normal 
but I'm consistently done like three hours ahead of time. And I just think it's because like maybe my mental focus is better like first thing in the morning. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is like I'm not like using my phone at all because I, if I'm being honest with myself, I pick up my phone to do and oh, what's the weather? I got to check the weather. And next thing you know, oh, let's just see what's on Instagram. And next thing you know, it's like 15 minutes later. I'm like, oh man, I just wasted 15 minutes, like literally doom scrolling. And, um, and so I don't use my phone at all in the morning. Usually I don't check it till like 11 or noon or something like that. Not even emails. I'm like, you know what? Nope, nope, nope. I can deal with business right now. My job is to get these signs done. And every day I'm done, like the, because we kind of have, okay, this day we want this many signs. It's like, and right now it's like 80 to 100 signs a day. And it's like two o'clock and I'm like, oh my word, I'm done all the signs. Like literally this is my allotment of work for today. And I still have three hours till five o'clock. It's unbelievable. I, I can't even really explain it. it doesn't make sense to me but somehow if you just get up and get at it it is incredible how much you get done but, so I have a, a question for you with your tractor how uh I noticed like everything is pristine is it going to be hard on you to put that bucket into like a, a, a dirt bank or a pile of gravel the very first time no you should see the bottom of the bucket um, so I got a, I had a bolt on cutting edge put on it. Oh, okay. And they're like, well, you know, it's not a dozer. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. The reason I have a bolt on cutting edge on there is I have a lot of rock here. And mm. what I'm going to be doing a lot of is, you know, spreading gravel and then just float back dragging it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't mm -hmm. want to wear that, uh, bucket out. Mm -hmm. So, when I was at the dealership testing the tractor, they have a big back lot where the old equipment goes to die, where they put excess, like bush hog, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they have an enormous, instead of like uh, number threes or crush and run, it's just got what is almost uh, riprap rock, you know, in it. You know, What's that? Four or five inch rock. Oh, wow. Almost, you know. Yeah. And I just you know, slammed the bucket down in it and you know, lifted the front mm. wheels and back drug it to see, you know, how I was going to handle it. And the mm. guy was like, yeah, you don't really care about scratching that bucket, do you? <laughs> yeah. Nope. You know, I, yeah. do I want to break the glass? Absolutely not. Am I worried about yeah. scratching an implement? No. Yeah. That's the other thing I noticed in the picture. Like, the inside of the bucket is pristine orange, and I'm like... Man, I would have a hard time. I would have a hard time using it. <laughs> I mean, you just got to get it over with, right? But, yeah, yeah. And then the the mechanic guy that was the service tech, whatever he is, it was going over it with me. He was telling me about some dude that moved from California, and he comes in and he always wants uh, something that he doesn't need, right? Just a status mm -hmm. symbol. Yeah. And he brings his tractor in to get serviced um, and he brought it in for a hundred hour service. And he's talking all this smack about what he does with this tractor. And he's like, yeah, I'm looking at him and running his mouth. And I look at the inside of his bucket. There's not a scratch, no paint hmm. gone, no nothing. Looking at it, huh. looking at him, looking at it, looking at him. He said, I just couldn't help it anymore. I told him he was full of shit and walked off. 
<laughs> That's funny. He goes, yeah, I had to apologize later, and I found out he has two buckets. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Right on. So have you, uh, have you had a chance to use your, your thing much, or just the rain stopped you? Oh, the rain stopped me. And it's not that Palmer. I'm afraid to do anything in the rain. So I don't want to tear up the... It's yeah. parked in my yard. And yeah. That's cool, man. That's a nice tractor. I was shocked, though. The My old tractor, old, it had 48 hours on it. Um, my small tractor that I traded in. Uh, I hadn't started it in 11 and a half months. Mm-hmm. Went down there. Yeah. Hmm. It's fired yeah. right up, hey? Oh, yeah. It's a lot to be said about uh, Yanmar or Kubota engine with uh, zero emission stuff on it. Huh. That's cool. Fire right up. Yep. Although I have started a 1981 Ford tractor that hadn't started in 22 years. Mm -hmm. Made sure all the fluids were good. Made sure the engine spun over. And it had been stored in a garage. So I knew there wasn't like, Mass in the, you know, no water in the engine other than maybe condensation, but the, mm-hmm. not even that. Uh, and that thing started up like immediately. Hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. That's cool. Store it properly. That's what happens. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I like things that just work good. And then My there's old... modern junk. Yeah. Squad cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't get the squad cast. I I, I think I do. To... I think I get some of it, and I don't agree with it. You know, because at least half the world doesn't use anything. Um, Android, Google, nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So why would you design something that doesn't play well with anything Apple? You know, is it is it Apple that doesn't do well with? Well, I can't use uh, Squadcast on Safari or anything anymore because we were having problems uh, with mine. I yeah. started using it with Chrome, and now we've never had a problem mm-hmm. on my end. But um, it, it's just yeah. a and every once mm-hmm. in a while because Squadcast uh, apparently wants me to start subscribing to them really bad. Because I'm now getting advertisement emails from them. Really? And they were, you know, oh, yeah, for the best uh, recording experience, do this, do that, use a Windows 11 computer. Uh, No. Is that what they say? Yeah. Actually use Windows. Wow. See, I don't get those emails from them. And I, I was like, how on earth could they get your email address? But then I send you the link through their platform. Yeah. So that's that's kind of shady and dirty. They're probably like, oh, every guest that you invite will have their email address and we'll use that to market our crap. That's kind of dirty. Everybody does that. So, yeah. yeah, it's true. That's true. <clears throat> like yeah, I have else. almost, I have every piece of equipment monitoring turned off that I'm that I can as the end user turned off, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. No. It just does not matter. Um, 
Danette and I will be just doing anything. And we'll just say something random really loud in the house just to mm-hmm. see how long it takes for Facebook to start giving me <laughs> ads on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally at the point where, like, I went and locally uh, shopped for flip phones. And not the new ones that have the folding screen, which kind of blows my mind and also seems like it might not be the best idea, but just the old school clamshell flip phone. And so it's like, I'm not going to be texting with this thing. I'm not going to be, you know, Google Maps. Or I don't have it available. Do I have to search something? Sorry. don't. I honestly am half tempted to do that. Have you heard of the light phone? No. If we if it was supported here, I would own one right now. Um, it's like a, an e-ink phone, minimalist phone. They had light phone one and now they're on light phone two. And it was like the skateboarder dude who kind of came up with it. And the same thing. It's like, okay, you know, I want to be able to call people. I want to be able to text my friends. But then we were getting together and all my buddies were like looking for pictures of some sick skateboard park. And then next thing you know, nobody's talking to each other. Everybody's literally sitting at the bar, staring at the phones on social media. And he's like, this is so stupid how these devices have kind of taken over. And obviously that is a personal thing. That's like, you can choose to put your phone away, but most people don't. And it's amazing. Like I'm, I'm continually blown away when you go out in public, out to a restaurant, you're standing in line for a coffee everybody is staring at their phones and um and so this light phone is basically the very first one it was just and it's real small nice and tiny like smaller than the iphone mini which they don't even make anymore but um and just an e-ink screen and you could phone and i think you could have a it was a music player as well if you want to use it to listen to stuff and podcasts but um Something like that. And the new one now, I think they've made it a little bit better where there's, I think you can get some maps, but I don't, I think basically the kind of idea is they don't have any like social apps on there. You could still use it for navigation, which is handy. Um, and I'm like, that's a kind of a good idea. But like, I've stopped wearing my Apple watch for a while. And one of the reasons is that with some new software update to the Mac, MacBooks, um, my, my, watch won't unlock my computer anymore and that was to me the most valuable thing that that watch did for me because instead of typing in my password or even using my fingerprint i'd open it up and it would just say unlocking with apple watch and like half of a second later boom i was in and same thing with my phone if if like i had um, say a grinding mask on and i want to check something on my phone or if i don't like a mask on the winter time instead of face id for my phone to unlock it would unlock with my apple watch and that stopped working and so I'm back to rocking the old uh, Casio Illuminator, and I like it. I like that when someone phones me, if my phone isn't right there, I don't know who it is, and I don't know. I'm trying to, like, really, like, minimize any control over my daily actions that digital things have. Not that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love love the digital world, but... Um, for, for years now, I've had zero notifications for email, uh, like zero, probably for the five years I've I've had all YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Like if anybody says anything, I don't get notifications. The only thing I get notifications on are text messages and phone calls and that's it. Um, but yeah, I think those light phones would be kind of cool. 
Is that what it's called? Let me just check. Yeah, Light Phone 2. Thelightphone.com. I think they look so sweet. But. Yeah, I almost but, uh, went that route. The only reason the light I phone? didn't was <clears throat> the <clears throat> lodge system around here uses social media to promote certain uh, things. Oh, and that's they? the only way you would know. Oh, wow. Which are quite hmm. remarkable for a bunch of old men in middle yeah. Tennessee, but still. Yeah. So I've got registered. We have this thing in March. It's called the weekend without titles. And it's like a Masonic get together. Um, and they do like a lot of lectures. Like I, I've got the agenda for it. And it's like, uh, and there's like kind of panel discussions and stuff like Freemasonry, uh, the state of Freemasonry in North America and around the world. And they have people from this, quite a few different countries coming in, d- different Masons and fairly high up. Like we're having the Grandmaster, oh, which state? Virginia? I forget. Anyways, a grandmaster of one of the of the lodge of Virginia, I want to say. I forget. Anyways, he's doing a, a like a, a presentation, and and so it'll be cool. But um, and the whole idea is like they call it weekend with titles, is because it's not like it's not a formal Masonic event. Like you're not you're not wearing your regalia. It's just a time for people to gather. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're you know the what rank you're in and we're just all hanging out and learning together and so it'll be cool but our lodge paid it's pretty expensive like i think the weekend was like 700 bucks and so our lodge did a vote to send two people to the to the event and then our master came up and asked they approved it says yep and then they came up and asked me and one other gentleman um if we were interested in going and I thought about it and I thought, yeah, no. And I thought, you know, what? I'm going to do it. It's one of those things I'm like, no, I don't really want to be away from my family for a whole weekend. But I was like, I've not, like, I'm also kind of like, this might be one of those things that it's like, that was such a great event, you know? So I'm doing that. So that'll be kind of cool. It's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. And it is a lot. Like, there's a lot of lectures, man. I'm really looking forward to it. I think the guy from the Grand Lodge of El wherever it is in the States there, he's doing one on like historical masonry in the U S or something, which I think would be fascinating. I think that'd be really cool. But yeah, we just had a, uh, he's an author and a lecturer and a Mason do one at our Tennessee grand lodge about the, uh, history of the American Masons. Hmm. That's cool. But it was, not going to be like it was open to the public as well. So, mm, gotcha. And limited. <clears throat> so, and it was this week, so I didn't go. Mm. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, we did. Um, well, the guy I'm going with, um, Curtis, he was raised. Not last week, the week before. So I'm bummers. It was on a Thursday, and obviously, I 
Thursday, do a Wana, so I couldn't go. It wasn't, he did it at a different lodge. They were doing a couple guys at once. But uh, I was bummed. Like, I love watching the third degree. That is such a good one. Oh, well. Next time. Yeah, no, I uh, I enjoy Lodge. Like, we did a, an interview for a candidate, me and a couple other the brothers, and um, we're kind of talking, you know, what do you want out of Freemasonry, what kind of, you got to kind of feel people out, and this guy's a really good guy. He's an engineer, super nice guy. Like, you can tell, just, you get a pretty, I'm, I'm at least, I'm pretty good at, sensing people's vibe like i meet somebody i'm like yeah this guy's gonna be rock solid or i'm like no dude this guy's shady as can be but um this guy seems like a really nice guy and then you know ask him what he wants out of masonry and then he's like i don't know what to expect and so then we all kind of said you know this is what we get out of masonry and and each one of us said you know what like you can be having a really crappy day or crappy week you go to lodge meeting and somehow you just feel better you know you're hanging out with all your friends they're genuinely happy to see you and you're genuinely happy to see them and it's just and it's true man i i really really enjoy lodge meetings like and and steph asked once i was going to i was like oh i'm so excited to go to lodge tonight she goes what is it about it you like and i said honestly don't know like i said i think it's a fact that like and i i, I mean lodges might be different here and there but with our lodge and as in, in general, you know, the, the harmony of the lodge is so important. And the, everybody treats everyone with the exact same dignity and respect. And, you know, we've got guys in our lodges that are, you guys that are doctors, right? And retired doctors who have done very well for themselves. And they drive very nice cars. You know, they, they drive their Jaguars and they're this and they're that. And then we've got guys that... Guys like me, blue collar guys, you know, and there's blue collar guys just getting started. They're working laborers on a job site and you talk to anybody and it's like you're talking to one and the same. Like there's no difference in their demeanor towards you. It's just, I enjoy it so much. It's so fun. I, I enjoy being part of Lodge, you know? Oh yeah. I still need a ring though. I still need a something better than this Amazon ring. I got to go up to three hills and get my brother to make me one. Oh, well. So anything uh, going on other than uh, your tractor? Not really. Um, Got company coming this weekend. Oh, right on. And then uh, got my sister, her husband, and oldest daughter are coming. Uh... Now, we're going to come today, but now it's tomorrow. Um, and then my brother's wife texted Danette and I both. And let me stop that story to tell you this real quick. I hate group text people. Oh, yes. Here, here. It's inevitably, you go back and you just see that one person's name and you text something talking shit about somebody else who was in the group text. Anyway, it just comes back to haunt you. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I was joking. It was a joke. I was if you're paying attention. <laughs> but no, they, they're like, oh, yeah, we're here over in Knoxville uh, seeing the kid because two of their children and all of their children 
live there, and they're like, you know, want to meet for lunch on Sunday? That's all they said. Then, like, well, you know, Melody will be here. Not really sure. And then they were like, <clears throat> this is where we want to meet. And I'm like, well, that ain't going to work because it closed. They closed their brick and mortar, and they went uh, food truck only. Hmm. So that ain't going to work. They're like, well, you know. I said, y'all are welcome to stop by here. And then they're like, oh, the whole clan. Well, all right. Where are you going to just show up with 25 people and get a table? Wow. Nowhere. Yeah. But anyway, so. So you're having 25 people come no, to your house? No, they won't come okay. out here. I don't know why. Don't care. They're welcome. They just won't do it. I'm like, huh, that's weird. Whatever. You're yeah. lost. Hmm. Not crazy. Oh, yeah. So, and I never, we never did text her back. So I got to check on my sister. And then if they're okay, go back and go. Everything in the little town they want to meet in has changed in the last two years. A lot of construction, a lot of development, but a lot of restaurants have uh, folded. Yeah, yeah. You know, if a brand new restaurant opens and then you close the road they're on for a year of construction, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Really? That's brutal, hey? Somebody needs to go to those town council meetings. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guess somebody uh, works in a little no-name internet newspaper in that town, drove around for two days counting, and then yesterday posted, you know, congratulations to whoever started 38 road construction projects and at the same time in Crossville. Okay. That's crazy. That's crazy, hey? Hey, you know. So I got a question with your road construction and like maintenance programs. Does that go year round down there? Because like in my mind, see, we everything's done in the summer here because the wintertime it is just too cold. So summers really suck because they try and jam pack as much as they can into the few months that they can do it in. But do you guys pretty much are you able to do road like big projects year round there? I would yeah, sort of. Yeah, maybe kind of. But it seems like for the most part. Uh, like especially with interstate construction, it happens right before holidays. Ah, uh-huh. really? <laughs> right before summer vacation. Oh, you want to make sure people go to work and pay taxes? Yeah, yeah. You know, screw your holiday. Hmm. Meanwhile, you're yeah. paying people triple time to hold a lollipop sign. Yeah, no kidding. Those guys make good money. Six of them to hold the same sign. Why? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I heard a sermon once, and the guy, I forget what the point was, but he did this little story. He said he went to Edmonton, which everybody from Calgary doesn't like Edmonton generally. And he was, you know, dropped, he was waiting for somebody to come out of a building, and he noticed this, like, grounds crew. And he was watching them for a bit, and thought something was off so he paying a little bit more attention and trying to figure out what was going on and he finally realized that there's one gentleman would dig a hole dig the whole hole 
you know, decent sized hole, about three foot diameter, about two feet deep. The other guy was watching him the whole time. And then when he was done that hole, he'd go start a new hole. And the guy that was watching him would fill the hole in. And he was perplexed. He said, what the heck is going on here? And he watched this for over half an hour and finally had to go up to him and say, what are you guys doing? And he said, you know, normally we're a three-man crew, but the guy who plants the trees isn't here today. <laughs> that was so actually kind of funny. Yeah, it was part of a sermon, but I was like, I was like that really does kind of epitomize these large-scale government infrastructure construction projects, you know? Oh, no, that, that absolutely um, probably isn't even a, started as a joke. But. Yeah, that's true. No kidding. But, you know, speaking of jokes, I saw on social media a little video clip that is a parody. It has to be one of the most awful, horrific, inappropriate, uh, midget-related jokes but also one of the funniest things I've ever laid eyes on in my entire life. <laughs> what is it? And it has, it has killed me <clears throat> not to forward this thing to you. Some of those midget ones are so funny. <laughs> like It's this oh. little midget guy, right? <laughs> And he is playing the part of a midget supremacist in the same way an old Southern boy would be a white supremacist. Mm -hmm. You know, so it starts off, he's like, the only thing stronger or more powerful than my uh, midget pride is my hatred of tall people, <laughs> or as we like to call them, biggers <laughs> and then the next thing you see they pan out and he's throwing on his white hood and he's going small power small power <laughs> that's funny <laughs> have you seen like have you seen those ones where it's got like a midget doing something and it cuts to a clip of something different. But like, there's this one of a midget doing a shot put. Yes. <laughs> guys just land and it, It's like a raisin from the lands in the floor. In somebody's beard. Yeah. yeah. And then the shot put and it's peas. Yeah. <laughs> those are so funny. I don't know how those are allowed to be shared. <laughs> you know what I mean? No kidding. But uh, have you seen, speaking of social media, have you seen that uh, this big knife ban that's gone on Instagram? Yeah. yeah. My account was done, had that done too, is two posts. And I was like, whatever, I don't give a crap about this anyway. So I just deleted the post. But it's so funny because so many of these guys um, talk about, like, um, you know, you'll hear these guys that I know being interviewed on podcasts and, Everybody always echoes the things like, you know, you got to be ready because Instagram could go away. YouTube go, could go away tomorrow and there's nothing you can do about it. And so, you know, and, and some of these guys I've heard them say, I'm making sure that my business isn't reliant on this. And those guys were some of the ones that were crying the loudest once they got this notification that their account wouldn't be shared with non-followers. Oh, I'm like, practice what you preach, bro. Like if my account's not shown to non-followers, who cares? I don't care. Like I'm social media in the form of like Instagram and Facebook. 
I don't care about it much anymore. It, it, I'm realizing it, it doesn't have the valuable value people think it has. But, um, oh yeah, man, so many people are just freaking out, hey? And then some of the accounts I saw, they, they appealed it and I said, oh, yep, yeah, they put it back to normal good standing account. And then a couple hours later, they were appealed for uh, sexual content or nudity. <laughs> and there's all these pictures of knives and they were deemed against regulations because of sexual content or nudity. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I had to appeal that one too. And obviously it's just some type of a crackdown that Meta is doing. I don't know if they're testing the waters or like it's clearly uh, a calculated assault is a strong well, word, but an part attack. Of it, the other part is there's a lawsuit that it could be very much related to this, but it has nothing to do. The lawsuit itself doesn't mention anything about social media. All right. But it's about uh, these AI algorithms that make decisions. And there's kind of only one or two uh, companies, you know, uh, programming companies that these spring from. Hmm. And they're flawed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done some, this, the subject of this lawsuit, um, they, they took a clean copy of the algorithm and the whole program that contains the algorithm and gave it to an independent testing laboratory and it was shown to have 90% error rate. Oh, wow. And they're like, there's only one way, there's only one reason something with a 90% error rate and it's not random error. It's in favor of the company. Mm. So that was a planned error rate as far as, you know, business goes. Yeah. You know, cause this is about insurance by the way. Uh, and automobile insurance, but no, it was healthcare, healthcare insurance. And they've been, this algorithm has been denying a bunch of, uh, like, elderly Medicaid uh, uh, that should be paid you know, yeah, under the yeah. law. They should be paid, but they're being denied. And mm-hmm. if over 90% of the errors are in favor of the insurance company, no, it's not a mistake. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, it's not random enough. That's crazy. You know, so, uh, and one of the uh, experts that, did the independent testing said, you know, there isn't an algorithm out there that's not built this way and dependent upon the company building it. You know, Mm -hmm. you want it to decide things just like with the same bias you would use if you were the company making the decision. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So, you know, um, that's one thing. And then the other thing is uh, when people are making uh, decisions on whether or not someone's video or audio or photos or story or whatever is against uh, a company's usage guidelines, they're using their own belief system, not in the company's. Because when Mark, when, Meta and Zuckerberg and all them were sued about free speech and stuff. 
uh, over in the EU, one of the people had to appear in court that would do actual human review. Mm. And they could not say under oath what the rule was that they were supposed to be enforcing. They didn't know. They were just in there doing what they wanted. Oh, wow. That's crazy, eh? And it was one of those weirdo uh, Greta wannabes that was, you know, if you said anything against the uh, socialist overlords, you were banned. Hmm. Yeah. Really? Can you show me in the end user agreement where it says you can't do that? No, you can't because it's not in there. Hmm. That's crazy. And uh, the people who were flagging things for false information and doing fake fact checks, you know, they had no idea the subject matter they were doing it about. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because, like, even, like, I did a video, uh, like, two, over two years ago on my, uh, my Jeremy Gertz channel about, it was just called Why I Became a Freemason. And as soon as I uploaded it, I got this warning from YouTube saying, you know what, we've got the blah, blah, blah. And so they put a little link to, I don't know if it's to a Wikipedia page or something, but, like, right underneath the video. And, and because it's a potentially contentious issue and... And I, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Anything that isn't like about, you know, anything that's possibly just not even contentious. That's almost too strong of a word. But then they feel like the social platforms all have to interject and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa be careful, be careful. Don't, don't really think for yourself. I don't want you to be out there on the scary world learning or seeing something on your own. We need to tell you what you should think about it. We need to hold your hand. It's like, you can't do this on your own. This is too scary. And it just, it's kind of pathetic, you know? Um, even when I think, I texted you, we were talking about, you sent me that picture of a paper straw in full, uh, sealed in a yeah. plastic thing to keep it sanitary. And it's, it's insane. And it's like, I think about Canada right now. You know, you go to Tim Hortons and you order a chili you will literally get a spoon made of cardboard. I'm not joking. Like, think of an egg carton, a, a cardboard egg carton, that in the shape of a spoon. And it's like, are you, are, is, is this the life that we live? Because this feels like complete degradation to me. Like, I'm using cardboard to eat food as a human being. What the heck is going on here? And it's because our government says, oh, no, no, we can't trust you to think for yourself. We can't say, hey, you know what? We need to try and eliminate waste, plastic waste out in the wild. What can we do as a country to combat this? Can I get you guys just to help like, do your part? Try not to throw straws out the window. Oh, great. Cool. You know, if you treat people like adults, they might behave as adults. But instead, our government's like, no, we're taking you can't have this. You can't have this. Can't be trusted with plastic. And it's just like. It's like, and everybody just kind of, <clears throat> they accept it. And, you know, social justice warriors and everybody's like, oh, you can't say anything mean. It's like, oh, okay. So we're all just going to behave like toddlers. And you can't say anything that might disagree with someone else's opinion. And I'm not talking about being rude and, and mean and belligerent, but it's like, 
I can't say anything that you might disagree with because you are going to die. You're going to have a panic attack and die. And, you know, that's where we get to the snowflakes. Everybody's a snowflake, you know. It's just silly. And I was telling you, I was telling you that Alberta overturned that single-use plastics law because it's unconstitutional. And then I just learned yesterday, uh, the city of Calgary has a bylaw coming in that's going to go back saying, nope, the city of Calgary will not allow single uses. <laughs> like, we made great progress as a province saying, you know what, stop treating us like freaking toddlers. But then we've got some idiotic dipshit uh, mayor in the city who's like fully libtard. And she's like, no, you, you guys can think for yourself. I'm going to tell you that you still can't use plastic because you're not, you're not able to behave yourself as adults. I'm going to tell you how to live. And it's just like, come on, people. Blech. Make me puke. You know, speaking of Canada, here's something I think you'll find funny. Uh, you know, Danette and I watch a lot of, like, trivia game shows. Mm-hmm. You know, keep the old mind sharp. And mm-hmm. uh, there was one about... With a, yesterday with a question about uh, Pierre Trudeau. Mm-hmm. What they wanted was uh, his first name, right? And mm-hmm. they just said, the, you know, Trudeau, who was the premier Canada in 1981 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. And I was, oh, that's Pierre. And somebody gave the right answer, and then they always give a little extra he goes, oh, yeah, you know, he was also, he did two terms because he also did it back in 1960, whatever. And then as, <laughs> it stopped there. He goes, yeah, family's been running Canada since the 60s. <laughs> Is that what they said? Yes, and they had to, and I only know this because I saw the unedited clip on the internet. Because yeah. you could tell on the show that aired on TV, they cut it. Oh, right yeah. after, yeah, and he did a second, uh, first term in 1960, whatever. And you could tell it was cut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And anything like that happens on one of these shows, you can f- always find the unedited version, generally. And I found mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's funny. That is funny. That's hilarious. It's true, man. Like just Yeah, and why, yeah. why Pierre felt the need to have his daughter run for office, I don't know. That's right. Yeah, and you know, and, and just you look at there's a clip you can find Pierre coming through Alberta on a train. He was doing this train tour across Canada. And he came through Alberta. He was met with a lot of um, non-supporters, you could say, as Justin is every time he comes here. And Pierre hangs himself out the window of this train from about mid-torso out. Two middle fingers flying as the prime minister of a country giving a middle finger to Albertans who are saying they're not pleased with him. And you just look at that. I'm like, wow. Like there's, it's it's not even something to get mad about. Be, you, like I don't feel mad. I'm just like, really? Wow. Like the, the level of immaturity. And I'm like, this is like the exact opposite of what leadership is. <laughs> you know, it's like, they don't like me. <laughs> I'm going to give them the bird. Like, what a freaking loser. And then his little boy child, their genius wonder girl, 
there's uh, a drama teacher and then Canada, the East, I blame the East because they are the ones who elected for him. And, and I, you know what? There are some people in the East that are decent and they won't be offended by me saying the East is the problem because it is. Because Eastern Canada is what elects that clown donkey into office. And they're probably going to do it again because he just bought them with their votes, you know, giving them a break from the carbon tax on their on their oil heating, which, by the way, is more pollutional, more pollutants than uh, natural gas. It's worse for the environment. And by logic of a carbon tax, you should tax the things that are worse for the environment. So in theory, anyone with natural gas should get a break and everyone with oil heating should pay more. You know, if it's to actually clean up the environment like we're we're told it is, you know. Lies and lies and bullshit. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah, I haven't... Uh, it's funny because I've got two main YouTube accounts that I use, like Simple Little Life and then my Jeremy Gertz. And the bummer is on Simple, <laughs> Simple Little Life, I'd watch, you know, one of these House of Commons videos or something. And I can't get them out of my feed now. Like, I literally can't. When I open YouTube, when I'm logged in as Simple Little Life, you know, they give you a grid, maybe, I don't know, whether it's 10, 12 videos. At least half of them are something political. And it's all anti-Trudeau. And I was like, okay, I, I feel you. I agree. I probably like them more, dislike them more than you do. But I don't want to see it all the time. Like, I'm here, I want to see something interesting. Show me a camera review. Show me somebody building something cool, you know, but no, and so I generally, when I'm on YouTube now, I have to use my other account because some somehow, I, and I'm very careful now that I've realized this, with that account, I will never click a political video in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's like, I just want to see cool stuff, you know? I don't care. I don't come to YouTube to get politics. If I wanted that, I might watch the news, but there's a reason I don't do that. Yeah, earlier, when you were talking about you, you don't... Uh you just said it as in passing, and I thought this is probably one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Um, that when you get up in the morning, you try not to get on your phone mm -hmm. and doom scroll. Mm -hmm. That is hilarious because that's all the media wants is uh, defeat us now is doom and gloom. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. My mother-in-law, she's addicted to news. I'm like, well, she wanted me to watch something about the economy. I'm like, no. So I watched it. She's like, so what do you think? I'm like, mom, nothing has changed in the last 50 years. They're just repackaging it. They're using mm -hmm. new terminology. But nothing has changed with this corner of the economy in 50 years. Yeah. The banks have always been looking for a way to screw over depositors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after the great depression, it took this long, almost a hundred years for the banks to get back into a point of power with our politicians. Now they, they can do it again mm -hmm. and they're gonna. Yep. Because apparently the 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 human creature only has a hundred year memory. This is true. Which is exactly why, like, uh, you know, they've taken history out of textbooks in Canada, so kids aren't learning about 
World War II, not learning about the Holocaust. They're not learning about any of this stuff. And you know what? We don't remember these things. We're likely to repeat them again. And it's just so stupid. Yeah, like my my mom is the same way. She watches the news like crazy. And growing up with that, um, like even like I'm very affected by stuff like that. Like we used to, every night my mom used to watch Unsolved Mysteries. And um, and I watched it with her. I was a little kid. And man, like I, all, all through my childhood, even into adulthood, paranoid about things. Like I will never ever, walk somewhere in the dark and not think that somebody's going to jump out at me. I, like I, because I've seen so many of these unsolved mysteries, uh, America's most wanted literally when I was a kid, like five to 10 years old, that's, I watched it every night and it's, it's so stupid. I mean, I, I'm not afraid, but that thought is always in my head. Every single where I go, it doesn't matter when I go out to the shop and they're like, like six o'clock in the morning, it's totally dark outside and I'm walking there. I'm always like, oh, I wonder if somebody's going to jump out at me every single day. I can't get rid of it. And it's dumb. And it's like the inputs, right? And then you look at news. They're all horrible inputs. There's not like, you know what? We've got this charity, that the, the Calgary Food Bank. They set a record today for the most meals served. Let's go to the, the live on the streets. Let's look at all these people that are in need of a meal that received it. And let's celebrate this. No, no, no. It's all bad stuff. You know, and it's so toxic. It's horrible for you. Um, there's one song I really like. I forget the name of it escapes me right now, but oh, it's spent the day in bed. I forget the guy's name. But anyways, I, I spent the day in bed, you know, didn't go to work. And in the chorus, it's like, stop watching the news because the news will try, contrive and strive for you or whatever it is. But, and I've always said that, like zero news, like as an adult, uh, you know, as soon as I moved out in teenage years, and even as a young teenager living at home, I was anti-news. I'm like, I'm not watching this news. This is so bad for you. It's all bad stuff. If you want specific information, like in stocks or something like that, go pick up a paper because it's printed and you can go to the page and it's not really super distracting and it's easier to find. And man, and then even in this book, the 5am club, the, the way it's written is fascinating it's really i love the story of it like i've listened to it twice but um the one of the main characters says whatever you do don't don't watch the news like i've i've made a habit to not watch the news i keep that garbage out of my mind and it is so true you know you cannot turn news on watch it for an hour turn it off without feeling worse you're always there's something you're going to be concerned about you've got extra anxiety like oh what about this what about that it's like pfft Screw that stuff. Let the dumb people be dumb people, you know? Yeah, it's a, I, not a fan. It, and it's a, it really is a catch-22 because there are some things that happen in the world you kind of need to know about. And there's mm-hmm. the other 99% you don't. Like, mm-hmm. I was very interested in trying to keep up with this uh, Icelandic vol- uh, volcano situation. I've never heard of it. Yeah. So, so what's happening with that? They were expecting a, an imminent, fairly major uh, volcanic eruption on Iceland. It has subsided. I mean, there was some significant cracking and uh, opening up of the the Earth's crust, but no big Mount St. Helens eruption or anything. Hmm. Um, I mean, but That's you could crazy. not get to that news. Um 
because of all of the uh, Israel, Hamas, uh, he said, she said, hospital blow up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, American politics, or as I like to call it, organized crime. Mm hmm. And just, why, why is this news that's higher rated than, you know, the potential for um, just hitherto unknown destruction in Iceland, right? Mm-hmm. Why is mm-hmm. this right here? Disney blames its fans because its sucky movie failed. What movie is that? The Marvels. Oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. They blame their fans, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, how dare you not like our woke movie? Oh, you're just a bunch of... Blah, 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 blah. That's really? funny. You make something that people want to watch, they will watch it because that's all people want to do. Yeah. Is be entertained. You know, they want somebody to slap them in the back of the head, crack a whip and say, dance, monkey. Yeah. I mean, that's all <laughs> the people want nowadays. I like the way you say that. You have some passion in your voice there. <laughs> Sounds like you've said it before. <laughs> right on. Yeah, well, Disney was a Freemason. And well, Disney has changed since, you know. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. You know, they've been, because Disney doesn't own Disney. It's just called Disney. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah. The Walt, Walt the guy himself, was quite the. Interesting dreamer. Like yeah, he I, was I, uh, interesting. I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah. Didn't like everything about him. There wasn't, um, I mean, obviously that goes with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I have differences and we're good friends. So, you know, mm-hmm. you have mayo, I have good taste. So, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, you obviously don't know what food is, but whatever. <laughs> Hey, you know, as long as you're nourishing yourself, that's all that matters. That's right. That's, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. But you know, um, I think a lot of what Walt Disney got is getting trying to trying to get his legacy erased for right now was is stupid and makes it, it's good business. Mm. Um. You know, so what if he had a movie factory? Everything mm-hmm. he put out just about was a hit. Yeah, exactly. To this day. Mm-hmm. You know, so what? If he put um, actors into 25-year contracts, who cares? Yeah. Did you sign it? And uh, were you, had you even made a movie when he signed you? No. Yeah. By your fifth movie, what were you? A global phenomenon. Yeah. You know, so shut up. And it's so funny, like, it's so weird that people, like, times change so quickly, you know, and, and what you you go back 30 years, what was an amazing opportunity and people jump at, people look back now and say, how could you make somebody do that? It's like, they chose to do it. They were thrilled about it. And it's just, I don't, I don't understand how other people can worry about and fixate on injustices that or what they perceive as injustices that weren't even done to them 
you know, it's, it's one thing if it's like a major uh, a violation of human rights or something or like some mass massacre or something like that. that's not what I'm talking about. But people are like, I couldn't believe we used to make people do this. And then and it's like people did, volunteered for that. It was a different time. Like you don't get how things are. Things well, are so easy. PC I can't nowadays. believe that people can go on strike, <clears throat> destroy just about a global economy. Because they want to raise, and they want health care yeah. with no co-pays, no health care premium. So they want free health care. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I can't say what I would say on this podcast. I just can't. Mm. Um, I'll just, I'll substitute. Every one of them needs a, a hammer bath. Um, <laughs> they really do. Uh, the I think... Everyone, every member, everybody who caved to the UAW should lose their jobs today, go in business for themselves, become incredibly successful, have to have their employees unionize, and then run out of business. Yep. Exactly. You know, you don't think, do you? You know, you're now, you think everything's so unfair. <laughs> as far as healthcare, you're in the 1% of Americans, the top 1%. Mm-hmm. What makes you think you deserve that? Yeah. You're just a jack wagon on an assembly line, maybe. Yeah, I've never heard jack wagon. I like it. <laughs> uh, you just, that's, and, and here's the result. Um, now, on, a lot of uh, OEM, General General Motors, and Ford parts are you going to see made in China. We already see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. um, They're going to close your little Mm -hmm. factories. Yep. Uh, Suck it. You deserve it. Um, Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot with the UAW and the Screen Actors Guild stuff that really just fire me up because they're crying about being so unfairly treated when they already made more than the 50 percentile, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, 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 How is it unfair? Yeah. I want somebody to... Explain to me in a logical, rational manner, using fact, that before the UAW strike of 2023, how that deal was unfair. Yeah. And don't say, well, some, you know, Susie who taped a box closed on a parts manufacturing uh, assembly line wasn't paid $29 million a year like the CEO. Yeah. All right. uh, That's ludicrous. Um, can you shut up? Yeah. Do you even know what a CEO does? Because yeah. they don't just bring themselves to the job. They bring that little black book of education, life experience, and contacts mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Networking. Advertising. That's- stockholders. You know, 
they bring a train load of stuff to the job. Yeah. Almost stuff that can't be measured. Now, was she worth $29 million a year? I don't know, because I don't know what she did. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what toolbox she brought with her. Now, mm-hmm. General Motors has had some CEOs that only got the job because people owed them favors and they really hurt General Motors. And yeah, I'll agree with you on them, but not enough is known about her, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a bad thing because not enough is known about her. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what she did do um, during one of the worst economic times in our country during uh, the Wuhan sniffles. She kept that company pushing forward. Mm-hmm. You know, she did some unpopular things uh, and kept trucks. Rolling off the assembly line. Mm-hmm. Made money. Yep. So, just saying. You know, mm-hmm. and then the, the, the this, this writer strike, who wasn't just the writers, it was the, the whole of the Screen Actors Guild, um, wanting uh, the, the streaming points. You know, if we make a a TV show or a movie or a documentary and it goes straight to Netflix. Well, we want points off of that. Why? Mm. Was it in your contract? Yeah. No, it mm. was. It shut up. Yeah. You signed the, you signed the contract you signed mm-hmm. at the end of that contract, renegotiate based on your talent, your education, your life experience. Mm-hmm. Just because you're the member of some group doesn't, make you qualified to make a certain pay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, just because you don't join a group doesn't mean you should be mistreated. Mm-hmm. I get it. But, you know, just saying. Yep. Because the strike's just over with, and every one of my streaming services already raised my price. So, yeah. I am... Uh, we have, you know, I've made a list mentally of when they come up for renewal, mm-hmm. which ones I'm dumping. So. Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned that, I got a notification. I forget which one is Disney, I think. Yeah, Disney went up and Netflix yeah. went up. I know. Um, Max is going up, but it hasn't yet. We don't have that here. Uh. Anyway. Even my regular, like, satellite TV just went up again. But Dish has always done that. Um, all the Dish services have done that. They just sneak it in. Yeah. And they call it some um, Nesferatu fee, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Transmission fee. <laughs> Handling fee. Ay, ay. <sighs> oh, I'll tell you, you know, that you- was one thing my... Uh, Dealing with any anybody who sells you anything, uh, whether it's a car dealer, uh, equipment dealer, whatever, dealer handling fee. Hmm. Uh, if you don't take that off and don't add it someplace else, I'm walking. That's crazy. Because it means nothing. Yeah. 
and you know, well, you know what it does. No, shut up. I used to work in this, you know, industry. Yeah. Just stop it. It doesn't, it's just uh, a number they put on the paper to charge somebody something. It's yeah. pure profit. Yeah. Just suck it. You know? Yeah, I agree. It's not the only thing they put on there for profit, but it's the only thing I refuse. Yeah. Uh, I absolute refuse. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, when you're talking about um, vehicles and assembly lines and stuff, I was thinking about, you know, the good old days where everything was made in America. And then also, so I've got a, well, it's my dad's, but it's mine if I want it. And so I'm going to say yes. I don't know if I've told you, it's got a 32 Ford Model A. Have I told you that before? No. So my dad, when we had first moved out here, so this is in 94, 95, He's always wanted a Model A, loves the Model A, loves the history of it, loves like, I mean, we, anytime we're on vacation, anywhere that Henry Ford had anything, we were there. Like we went to his house, but didn't him as Edison kind of, we're buddies. And I think Edison would work in Henry Ford's garage. Anyways, our, our summer holidays were always around American history. And he, my dad's always loved the Model A and the, that production and stuff like that. And so he found one. 94 95 and the frame had been the entire car was stripped down completely the frame was painted the drivetrain was completely rebuilt and painted as well as the engine and so essentially the entire chassis and drive chain were like fully restored and everything is there and everything is oem like every piece of the little gauge the gauge cluster piece of trim the chrome i mean it's rusted now but it is there. Uh, the seats still are stuffed with horsehair. Uh, most of it's gone out. But the originals, like it's everything's original. And it's all sitting in the barn. And this was a 38, 32 Roadster with the rumble seat. And again, every tiny little piece of hardware is there. And it's all original to the car. And my dad told me when he got it, he was going to restore it. And he said, I'm going to have this ready for your wedding. And that was like 23 years ago. <laughs> and so it's been sitting there. And then my dad said, I don't know what, if you want this thing, you can have it. If not, we should probably just scrap it. <laughs> and like I'm telling you, every body panel's there and there's no rust like this. And they're heavy. Like we've moved it numerous times and, and like the hood, everything is there. The radiator, everything. And uh, I was like, no, 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 no. I said, first of all, that thought goes away. You would, would never scrap this. Like you could, I don't know what it's worth. Honestly, I don't because I've never looked, but this is worth something to someone. If anything, give it to a museum or give it to somebody. You don't throw this in the garbage. This is a piece of autumn. Like this is history right here, you know? And so like, well, if you want, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll hold on to it. If I want to get rid of it, I will. I was like, okay, cheers. So basically I've got a 32 Model A Roadster with a rumble seat. And I was thinking... <laughs> what's your knee-jerk reaction i want to make it electric that's shocking what do you think about that shocking because you wouldn't think i would say that yeah yeah i i'm not against electric vehicles i don't think they're uh a clean alternative to gasoline not by any stretch i mean they have gasoline engines that are so fantastic i just love the idea like could you imagine if you had this car and you're cruising down the street and it's virtually silent. Just, oh, that'd be cool. 
Well, I've always it, wanted a 32 Ford um, Model A pickup. Yeah. And I want to, there was a guy uh, year 30 years ago that would take um, early model uh, Ford pickup bodies mm-hmm. and put them on a more modern chassis. So you mm-hmm. could have a completely uh, reliable, fast, you know, faster, more powerful truck, but looks like a 32 Ford pickup, like from the Waltons. And mm-hmm. I've always wanted that, but by the time I had money enough to where I could, uh, you know, give him a down payment, start the process, he he was dead. No, bummer. But, but I've always wanted that. Or I want a... Um, 42 Ford. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think, I think I'm, I don't know. See, I'm not, I'm not a, I like cars. I, I do. When I think about, okay, like a hot rod muscle car, I think of the guys that will do everything like billet aluminum, chromed, super bright, paint jobs like purples greens you know like you know sparkly metallic blues that i'm not interested in um but i kind of would like to do like uh what would be more of a hot rod like from the 50s you know or not rat rod necessarily because those are usually a little bit too far gone but something with like a very subtle like i would like just a very simple gray paint job you know nothing too over the top and, and, you know, not a lot of flash to it, but just very clean hot rod. But yeah, not no, necessarily. His, his look stock. Hmm. Um, like the one I just sent you is an example. He did yeah. the dual rear wheels as well as single. Oh, okay. And they look just like a Ford truck from back then until you really look at the underneath or the hmm. engine or the interior. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But you know, I was thinking, so this, if I, uh, it's kind of cool to have this car, isn't it? Yeah. Like, And I, I was thinking it's a fairly, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you follow, um, Chris Powell, full steam designs on Instagram. I don't. Okay. So he is, uh, I think he's just a social media. He's retired or he did service in the Navy, his term, whatever it is. And then, I think he's a machinist, uh, but he's got a Model A he's doing, and he built a wooden body around it, and it's kind of shaped like a luxury boat, like he did that type of strips, and it's really cool. And so he's restoring this, and he's just leaving the original engine, the original brakes. It's it's essentially just like if you were to buy one, you know, say if a guy in like 1938 found one and made his own wooden body for it, but didn't, you know, there wasn't anything else you could really do to it, and so he's doing all this stuff and he's using the original and, and I'm seeing him work on this. I'm like, I literally have all that stuff sitting there. So this as a, if I were to look at this as a project for myself, I don't think it would be all that expensive. I mean, the paint eventually when you get to that point, wouldn't be cheap, but it's just a time thing. And so I'm like, potentially in, in a couple of years, I could have a really sweet car for just my time. You know, it's not going to cost a lot of, of money. And it would be kind of cool too. Like I have the room for it now. Like when I look at my situation, I could literally dedicate a little part of my shop and it could live there and it won't be in the way. And you know, you got an hour or two here and there 
And then the other thing is I get to have my boys be like, come on, let's, let's fix this thing up together. This will be our project car, you know? I think that could be a blast, like building a car or even I'm tempted to do because it's all there and this would be more work and more money is to put it back to like essentially stock, you know, try to make as close to possible what the original one off the factory line would be like. That would be kind of neat. But I think you end up spending a lot more money and things like um, the seats and, and stuff like that. But yeah, potential, hey? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of stoked about that. But yeah, it's cool, man. Little roadster with the rumble seat. And the rumble seat's cool. I always thought it'd be cool if you were to do a mild hot rod version of it. Because that rumble seat is tiny, man. Like, I don't think I would fit. I don't think I would fit in it. I've never actually tried sitting in it. I think I did one as a teenager. But um, if you had that on hydraulics or something and then had like a big subwoofer, so you press the button, it opens up and there's just, just two big wolfers there. Be kind of cool. You can play country music real loud in an electric model A. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, maybe I should just, um, I'm like, it's literally been sitting in the barn for 30 years. Like, yeah, my dad's kept it inside the whole time. It was in the shop for a while, and then we moved it to the barn. And uh kind of feel like I should just get it and just bring it in here, you know? Every piece is there. Every piece. Like, the floorboards, the... Uh, you know, they got the fenders, the floorboards integrated, all the, the brackets for it. And one bracket's a little bit bent, but you can tell, like, every single thing is there. The headlights, the taillights, the... Oh, it's just, it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. And the whole chassis is to some, like, the body's sitting on it right now. And you can push it. Uh, the wheels are original. They were redone. And the guy who bought it for my dad, or who was doing it when my dad bought it, he put... Like he ordered the white wall rubber for, and they're still brand new. I mean, they're like 30 years old, but they've never been used. So they still look really nice. But right now, like it's a rolling chassis. I mean, I can, you could have somebody sit in it, steer it and push it around, you know? So I'm like, man, seems a shame just to leave that alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But No, I mean, I'm not opposed to anything. It's just, the EVs they're trying to shove down our throat suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I just think the idea of a quietness, like I've always wanted to do. For years, I've thought about doing an electric car. Like even before I was married, I was looking it up and talking to the gentleman. I bought a fifty uh, sixty five Rambler Marlin off of. Um, he had started building an electric car, a three wheeled one. And uh, he used a rear end off of a motorcycle, like a crotch rocket. So, was, uh, and then he was working on the front. I forget what he's. I think he was taking a Prius front end or something like that. And you know, it's going to be a weird combobulation. But electric has always been interesting because you know, if full torque, like almost full power from zero RPM and up. You know, uh, so just as far performance, I mean, you know, if you don't care about how far you can drive. You, those things can just be wild. Just destroy people off the line, you know? And the hardest part is getting it to actually hook up. Um, but I've always been interested with electric. And I thought it would be cool to have a car that's like iconic. You know, this was like the second major production vehicle in North America, at least. 
rolling off the lines and now it's electric. You just be kind of cool. But I also wouldn't smell that bad. Often so many of those old cars, they stink. Steph hated my 65 Marlin because it smelled like gas. I mean, it was a carbureted car. And that's how it was, you know. And then what we ended up, what Steph and I ended up driving away from the church on our wedding day was a, I don't know what year it was, but it was a Ford Model T, all original. And it was Steph's uncle. And he even went out there with a hand crank to start it up. Like, um, he's got a lot of cool cars. His cars are all in these different museums. He's had some of them in... What's a big museum that moves around all the time? Oh, Guten, shoot. Starts with a G something. Anyways, I forget. But yeah, he's got... Uh, Steph's uncle, he, I think his oldest car, he's got one from... It was essentially just like a horseless wagon. And it's from like 1890-something. Uh, he's got an amazing... And he does them all himself. Just restores them painstakingly. Uh, it's incredible the stuff he wants that, that he has. I think he's got right now five cars that are in various museums around the world, like ones in Vegas. Uh, some of them actually have gone over to England to different museums and exhibitions and stuff. And he's like, ah, you, you put all this money into it and you make decent money if you let these. And they fully insure them, you know. So he's like, ah, and then I like to have, I always have at least one here in the summer so I can drive it around. He does. Like, he'll drive it. He's got one that's called, is uh, Orient, it's called. It was made in Ontario. It's 1911. And this thing is, it looks like a wooden platform with carriage wheels on it. The engine's mounted underneath, and it's like a bench seat. And he drives it into town. Like, I don't even know how he gets this stuff insured, but he drives this stuff. It's hilarious. But Fun, 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 hey? Yeah, I think the coolest car I've ridden in was a an original doozy what's a, a Duesenberg oh really yeah how what how old was that one? Oh, 30s oh wow 20s 30s somewhere somewhere in there that'd be cool it was a former uh oh what did they call them a potentate that okay. owned it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. and then it was brought back from India to England to United States, and uh, somebody that I knew was related to them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you want to take a ride?" That's cool. That's neat, hey. The. It, and it, you know, like a V12, or it was either a V12 or a V16 engine. And if you start that thing up, it was like, Wow. <laughs> That'd be cool. It's the antipathous of a, a EV. Yeah, no kidding, eh? No kidding. That's cool. I'm just kind of leery. And suspicious of EVs nowadays anyway, because, and you know, in 1992, we had an electric vehicle that did more miles per charging minute than they have now. Hmm. It was cheaper, better, uh, you know, why? Yeah. You know. That's true, eh? 
And I just I know somebody, some talking expert was saying that you know if you took uh, an electric vehicle and designed it without all of the computers and bells and whistles that you know are running off the same battery, mm-hmm. and instead. He explained doing it another way. So the the battery would only be running the motors that propelled the car. Mm. But the motor would also be a part a part generator mm. that would control your air conditioning and your radio and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he was like, yeah, if we just did something a little bit different, just rolled back technology a minute. You would have you would easily double these these um, miles per charging minute, you know. Mm-hmm. And because battery technology is never going to be there the way we're doing it. Yeah. Because hmm. you know some of the battery. The theoretical battery that they have, um, that carbon matrix batteries and stuff like that, it's impossible. Except in theory. Hmm. Yeah. They have one battery that they've theorized. Oh, man, it'll solve everybody. Oh, wait, you have to build them outside the Earth's atmosphere in a perfect vacuum with (laughs) material we don't have. Yeah. Oh, so it doesn't exist. Can't exist. Stop writing fiction. Yeah. You know. Well, and then the fiction of it too is that people, I hate it when they sell it as a cleaner alternative to gasoline. I'm like, no. Like, like these these people that are like big on electric vehicles and all these idiotic governments, like you know, gasoline free by 2040 and all this garbage. It's like, where do you think electricity comes from? Like, do you think it, you, we harvest the lightning? Well, that'd be great, actually, because there's a lot of power there, but we have to produce electricity. And even, you know, I was watching this thing in the U.S. Senate or whatever it was, these guys were debating, and or maybe it was particular to a state, I forget, but they're saying, okay, so this is our initiative by, I don't know if it's 2030 or 2040, to be gasoline-free. And like, okay. And he said, does the grid we have right now currently support all vehicles being charged? And he said, absolutely not. And they said, so is the infrastructure being uh, worked on, designed and developed so we can implement it so that when that comes, we have the infrastructure, uh, the grid to, uh, to support all these electric vehicles. They said, actually, nobody's doing anything with that right now. And every government in the world is in the exact same position. They have this hyperbole. They say words and they think they're going to fix things. And the thing is, electricity is not free and it's not clean. You know, the the final product that you see driving around may appear cleaner to you because you didn't see the back end of it. You didn't see wherever power generation plant, whatever they're doing, um, I guarantee it wasn't coming from sunshine and rainbows, you know? And it's a stupid idea that that one is so much better than the other. Like the real the real thing is this: is if you want to actually make an impact, buy less garbage. 
care less about having the latest and greatest phone technology, this thing, that thing. Don't buy your kids stupid toys from Walmart that they're going to throw away after two weeks, if that long. Like, that's how you make a difference. It's like, oh, I drive a... Like, honestly, I drive a 2002 Honda Civic. I got my car back now. And you know what? I am being so much better for the environment than any single soul who's driving a Tesla. Because I'm keeping my car on the road. That car right now has 370,000 kilometers. And I'm like, whoa. It, it runs. And it is safe. And until it is so, the longer I drive that, the cleaner that car becomes. Because that thing was made. And all the energy and the toxins, the pollutants that were, that were a byproduct of producing that car, those happened one time. If I buy another car, they happen again for me. If I buy another car, they happen again for me. So if I can buy one car and drive it into the ground, which it looks like I'm doing that now, you know, like, like people don't think like that. If you want to be good for the environment, don't buy a Tesla. Buy a car that's 10 years old and really good condition because that means they don't have to produce another Tesla, which means we're going to save all that pollution. You buying a Tesla is bad for the environment, full stop. And people just don't think that way. They don't think with common sense and logic. It's all emotion and a lack of... Uh, they're ignorant, really. They, they don't understand how things work. They well, see electricity as a cord. I filled up my truck yesterday, right? And I got a you know, 2022 GMC 2500 HD with a 6-liter gas engine. How dare you? You know the last time I filled that truck up? What's that? Take a guess. I don't think you can. A month ago. May. Really? Do you just never drive it though, Todd? Exactly. I don't go anywhere. I don't have to go. I don't yeah. go where I don't need to go. I don't buy a car. And regardless of its fuel source or how big or small it is, and drive to Starbucks three, four, five times a day. Mm -hmm. I don't go get uh, fast food. I don't, you know, do those things because I don't have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I am more than doing my part. <clears throat> Even yeah. if I have this giant gas guzzling truck. One of the things you got the truck is you need a truck sometimes. Yes, I do. Right. You know, like you, I'm, you move heavy crap. Would I want a small Corolla? Yeah, absolutely. Would it, you know, pull my tractor? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. Don't get people. And then you, you know, it's just, it's amazing though if people were. Uh, oh, here's one thing. Sorry. I, okay. Here's to all you environmentalist wackos, okay? And I don't mean the people that are concerned about reducing usage of all types uh, that are, have genuine concerns. I'm talking about these wackos uh, like Greta. Um, how about you go after the people making the EVs and the extreme uh, fuel-efficient cars these disposable vehicles that you get into a fender bender and the parts are so expensive, they're cheaper to replace than repair. 
So they're getting uh, totaled and then replaced with a brand new one. No kidding. And, and it's happening. Um, oh, my God. Uh, they're trying to keep it very, very, very quiet, and they're doing a good job at it. But two major EV manufacturers are getting the crap suit out of them right now over this very issue that they have warranties, but they're not warranting. Oh, I don't know. Electric motors, the batteries, mm. the charging system. So when your uh, $25,000 battery pack goes out, guess what? Yeah. And you know what? That can't be recycled either. Oh, That's and just the reason ba- one of those manufacturers uh, is not warranting their battery pack is because anytime you have warranted items like engines, seats, um, whatever, you have to keep some on hand in some mm-hmm. sort of storage. Mm-hmm. The batteries are so inherently unsafe to store, they're almost illegal to do. Oh, wow. You know? That's crazy. In fact, the people who um, insure their buildings will not allow them to store batteries oh, within wow. 300 feet. That's crazy. Eh? And, and that's just like one car for one battery. If you're going to store like 5,000 of them, forget it. You can't even do it in my country. Wow. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's how inherently unsafe these things are. Oh, wait, but they're better for the environment. Oh, and when yeah. they catch on fire, guess what? Can't put them out. Yeah, that's right. But at least that smoke is good for the environment, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Just go look at that DeWalt lawnmower burning in 2022 at the Expo show. I never heard of that. Or the Indy 500 NASCAR race this past Indy 500 where uh, some like piece of equipment they use in the uh, pit lane caught on fire, yeah. and they spent like most of the race trying to put it out. Oh, wow. And you just can't do it. Yeah. You have to That's cover crazy. it up with sand and hide it. Yeah. That's crazy. And then they found out that it has to, it can't be the normal sand they would use. Really? Because it has too high of a silica content and it like burns and turns to glass and makes wow. it the whole situation worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I pulled all the sand out of my um, old sandblast cabinet. It's all silica based. Is, yeah. is that bad just to sprinkle out in a field? No. That's nah, fine. Hey, eh? it'll eventually just go underneath the dirt and be totally If fine. you have a giant, uh, Lithium gel battery catch on fire. Don't throw a bunch of it on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Oh, and they talk about, uh, you know, mass transit. Oh, we need to make more of that electric. More trains need to be electric. Blah, 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 blah. How? Yeah. You know, most trains have been electric for I don't know how long, but they had to have a diesel generator on board yeah. to creating enough electricity to pull that stupid train. Yeah. 
And I never knew that until I was like 20 some years old and I was working in a rail yard. And I was like, oh, so I was like, how many trans, what kind of transmission do those big diesels have on them? I was like, well, I was like, it's the, the electric motor that has the transmission on. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, that, I said, Titan, the guy told me, like, locomotive is an electric moved vehicle. The diesels just to generate the electricity. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah. And you tell people that nowadays, most people have no clue. I had no idea. Yeah, their like, power yeah. stations are electric motors generated by whatever fuel they get burned, you know, mm-hmm. to boil water, to, ah, never mind. Yeah, no, you know, and that, that's what I was saying. Like, if people were educated a little bit more in the physical realm, simple things like how is electricity made? Okay, you, you've got this fallacy in your mind that driving a, uh, an electric car is carbon neutral. Nothing is carbon neutral. Nothing. You breathe in, you breathe out. You're not carbon neutral. You're exhaling carbon dioxide. You moron. Hold your breath. If you want to be carbon neutral, hold your breath. Just do it. It's funny to me. They have, we used to have steel vehicles powered by gasoline or diesel. And now we have plastic cars powered by batteries that are charged by gasoline, diesel, or coal. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the plastic now that they put in those two same brands of EVs that I'm not naming is utterly unrecyclable. And it's in hmm. it in the state it's in in the car. Yeah. You have to actually grind it below a certain surface area and then burn it into something else. It's just oh, wow. horrible. Hmm. Well, I don't know which two you're afraid of naming, but um, well, like I know one's owned by the same former Canadian guy that owns X. So we'll call it Tesla. Let's talk about yeah, Tesla. Yeah, and then the other one's what Avian, Avian, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you know what the thing about Teslas is too is that um, they're garbage. Like the the tech in them is really cool but the quality of the vehicle itself is absolute trash and i've heard this from numerous tesla owners they say it's cool but he said honestly the sound of a toyota corolla closing just the, the feel and the sound of that door fitment is noticeably better than any tesla they've ever been in and Dude, it, it's funny i People sat that own in a Teslas, tesla at the mall yeah. years ago this is like when that first tesla came out mm-hmm when the door shut on that, it sounded worse, worse than the Yugo I drove when I was overseas. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I get the idea of a, a Tesla and stuff like that. But honestly, I, I think people that buy Teslas are, I can't, I can't ever look at the purchase of a Tesla and be like, that's, that's, that was a smart decision. I'm always like, are you kind of dumb? Like, are you, are you, and I know people that have Teslas that that I think are pretty intelligent in a lot of aspects of life. But I'm like, that car is that car is not worth the money. Like, it's stupid. Now, if you know somebody what? came buy up a Mercedes said, electric vehicle, yeah, hey, that, look at then my you'll Tesla. Have something. And I go, why did you buy a Tesla? And he's and they said to me something along these lines. Look, I'm a professional doctor or engineer or whatever, and the people that I make my money from are just narrow-minded environmentalists 
and I get more business and more money in my pocket to feed my kids if I drive this stupid car. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> That's crazy. I get it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, had a, I mean, my next door neighbor had a Tesla. And when he first moved there, I talked to him about it and he loved it, yada, yada. And then I think after driving it for a winter, they sold it. And he's like, what a piece of shit. <laughs> this is a piece of shit. He's from Ukraine. And uh, he goes, oh, it's junk. It's 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 rubbish. It's like, it rattles like a can. You drive down the road and it's a gravel road. It's like, this is no oh, Tesla shit. <laughs> and they went and looked at other Teslas. He goes, they're all the same shit. And then, uh, and so they end up buying a Mercedes gasoline SUV. Um, but yeah, I've heard, I've heard, numerous people and so anytime i hear someone buying a tesla i'm like that's not that smart unless you're getting like the whatever it is the x plaid or the tesla plaid that one that's like zero to 60 in two seconds or whatever just for that fact alone yeah i get it like they they say that thing's just the most almost disgusting monster in performance and i'm like that's a reason to buy anything I don't care if it if it feels like you're in a piece of paper. If it can go that quick, that fast, done for for that reason alone. But as a daily driver, nah. And I've heard people say, "Oh, I just like it because it drives itself." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, give me a break! You're not even not even willing to to maintain control of your sacred life in your hands. You're gonna." relegate that to a machine built by <laughs> who's a brainchild of elon musk come on come on anywho well you know just wait um the more things that tesla does like this most recent uh they call it a recall it's just a software patch and they do them remotely and you can't say no yeah. Um, and what they've done, what they've done is, uh, anytime you charge the vehicle, it restores the vehicle to its default power setting. So it l- looks like the battery is better than it really is, uh, and the motors are really better than they are. Because you can, you've been able to change certain settings, as I understand it, to like go faster or go farther, but you can't do yeah. both. Oh, okay. That's crazy. And you can limit the maximum speed and do all this other stuff. And so you change all that to make it a comfortable drive. You go to charge it, it makes it turns it all back to grandma mode. Yeah, yeah. Or as this one guy calls it, liar mode. Mm, yeah. Well, and then too, like you look at Elon in this SpaceX program. Like if you want to talk about let's be good for the environment shut shut that stuff down like again they tried what was it last week they tried another launch got five miles and exploded okay i guarantee that that probably one single launch has more pollution has done more greenhouse gas harm more carbon harm to this planet of ours than i will for mine than my entire family will for their whole life you know that launch that jeff bezos did and exploded yeah the fuel that exploded in that did more damage than every EV that has ever been could have saved. Really? Yeah. And so yeah, just, I don't get it. Like, yeah, people just drink these lies and the hyperbole that the, the company say and the government say, and it's like, 
yeah, we're going green by this year and it's the green initiative. And it's like, why? Like, the, let's just be honest. Why? Well, I don't think so that we should be doing any kind of space exploration at all until we quit screwing up the big blue marble. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I don't mean environmental. I don't mean it, basic human rights. You know, if you yeah. can't do that right, screw yeah. you. you know? I know. Yeah, it's like, why are we worrying about other planets and other, you know, things outside of our world when our world is, it's pretty tumultuous. We've and, got some serious issues here. And one of the things that have changed in my mind over the years to where you just can't talk me out of it now. And there are, there's an exception to this rule. Like they, There almost always is an exception, but I don't care why why two countries or two religions or two groups of people are killing each other. The fact remains they're killing each other. Mm -hmm. uh, stop it. Mm -hmm. um, I know. No, just stop. <clears throat> um, don't do that. Yeah. Whatever differences you have could probably be fixed with a big wall. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Um, don't kill each other. Now, yeah. there, there are some exam some exceptions to that you know, self-defense, but, um, mm -hmm. limit it to what's necessary to prevent the threat from continuing. Yep. Sometimes that's, you know, a slap on the wrist. Sometimes it's a lot more than that, but generally speaking, most of the wars that have been, that have gone on on this planet have been just two idiots fighting for money, power, resources, land. Mm -hmm. No good reason. Yep. Yeah, it's silly. Um, yeah, I know. It's just, it doesn't make sense sometimes, you know? And then people are like, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get why we are so concerned about doing stuff in outer space when we're, you know, you got some people like that. And then it's like, we've got some issues here to fix. Like we've got major problems, you know, you take all the money and I'm even talking everything with like NASA and I, and, and I understand like from a, a technical and an engineering, a technology standpoint, and I guess maybe that's all about that, like. Yeah, throw some satellites up into orbit. You know, I benefit from a satellite. I have, uh, I have SpaceX internet coming here right now. It's the reason I can talk to you, and for for that sake. But for like things like, oh, let's send people to Mars and send people to the moon. And you, um, why? First of all, they've never been to the moon yet. That's a that's a conspiracy. And um, I, it's funny. I talk to my parents. Like, you don't believe in the moon landing? I'm like, of course I don't. I'm like it's you like you look at that footage. Okay, just look at that footage. First of all, like there's so many things with it. It's just like kind of totally retarded and stupid. Anyways, but um, yeah, I don't get it. Why don't we? Why don't we deal with here? Like, okay, satellite communication, cool. Let, let's get that dialed in. And in theory, you know, you need to upgrade things. But at what point is there too many satellites running around up there? You know, at nighttime, you sometimes you look up and you just see that whole cluster going by. And 
I don't like it, to tell you the truth. I don't. I like to see stars. Uh, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you could look up and just see stars. You can't see just stars now at all. And that's, to me, that's a little bit terrifying. Um, because those are very small groups of people or even individuals that are making a decision that affect my sky. You know, it's, it's not like he's just doing something in his backyard or he bought this field and so he's putting a power plant. It's like, no, this is the sky. Every single human being on earth sleeps underneath it at night. And what gives you the right to change it and to profit off of doing so? You know what I mean? My money and my bribes to your government. Yeah. That gives me the exactly. right. Exactly. Oh, shoot. My battery's almost about to die. Speaking of, I'm looking at getting a new laptop here, I think. It's amazing how quick it, you feel like you have to upgrade. Talking about being good for like consumers and stuff. Planned like obsolescence. That. I know. Well, mine's a 2019 MacBook Pro. And this was the last year they made it with the Intel whatever chips. And now it's the M1 and M2. And now they got an M3, an M3 Pro, and an M3 Pro Max. But uh, my Final Cut Pro, at least every single video, it crashes in that it doesn't do anything. It'll just stop. You get the circle. You go to the force quit and it'll say they're not responding. Every single time I do an editing session, at least once, if I'm editing for more than an hour, I'll have two or three crashes and it's getting old. And I think it's just because of the fact that I've upgraded the, the OS without, you know, modern or the latest and greatest hardware. But so I'm looking at those right now. Steph's getting a new MacBook Air too, because hers is like, is real bad. Hers only like a 2017. It's like her old one she's got a newer macbook pro but really what's that never seen that before Squadcast just said are you still there we're about to kick you off like, i didn't what? get that i didn't see that yeah it was, i mean it was like a pop-up the same size as the window <laughs> oh wow yeah. it's like i pay for this service don't you dare kick me off but I guess we should. We're almost literally an hour and 57 minutes. That's because we, uh, you know, we got to make up for not putting it out last week because of Squadcast. So hopefully, can you imagine if they only got eight minutes of this recording? <laughs> I, you know what? If they did that, I would be looking for a different. Yeah, 100%. So Squadcast, hear us now. If you didn't get this entire recording, I'm going to cancel my $20 a month subscription for you and I'll find something else. Clown donkeys. So right on. real quick, do you use any kind of magnetic mount uh, when you use your GoPro? Not that I know. I don't. Okay. Why is that? You gonna, that. Look, looking for something? Yeah, just, you know, looking for... Because mm -hmm. some of the... I got a lot of older GoPro mounts and they just all suck. They break. Mm. You know, you set it all up. It's tight. You, you start doing something, and then you look back, and the thing flopped over. You're like, really? Yeah. Oh, I just got the pop-up. Are you still around? Automatically leave session in 52 seconds. Yep, I'm still here. That's funny. I'm sorry. Funny, I, I got it after I can't. Uh, I cannot allow that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't use any magnetic mounts. I have the suction cup, and I'm actually impressed with it. Like, I am shocked how well that works. But I do keep it clean like i store it i just put when i'm done with it i put a microfiber towel over it because i don't want dirt to 
start working its way into that plasticky, rubbery stuff. But yeah, I can't say. Have you ever heard of the the frog mount, frog pod? No. So it was a maker guy, and he challenged himself. I, I think he was doing it for a whole year to come up to design a product a day. Just some random, and he said, "I don't care if it's stupid." I don't care if it's a product that stops my pencil from rolling off the edge of a tilted table. I'm going to design a product. It doesn't ever have to be marketed, whatever. One of the things he came up with was this thing called a frog pod. And I think he kind of designed it for GoPros. But it's like, I think it's like three like kind of rubbery silicone legs that are semi-firm with magnets. Each one has a magnet. And so you can put it on like uneven metal surfaces. And then it mounts your GoPro and whatever. He did a Kickstarter for it and i guess it just sold out right away and now apparently like it's i've heard tons of people talking about it they say if you've got i've thought about it because i have metal walls in my shop and they're like oh yeah if you got like metal walls or on a on a car you know just put some like a kleenex underneath it so you don't risk scratching the paint but they say they're phenomenal so that might be something to look at the frog pod i think it's on instagram as like frog pod i haven't looked it up but might be something to look at yeah, Kickstarter Frog Pod. There you go. Frogpodarmy.com. That might be kind of cool. But. Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm not a big fan of Kickstarter. No. Yeah, they're kind of... It's an interesting model, but I've never really used it. And it's not the model. It's actually Kickstarter. Oh, <laughs> I'm not okay. a fan of. Gotcha. It's somebody I know. Uh, Kickstarter just ran off with their money. Oh, really? Like, you want it? Sue us. We don't care. Huh. And the problem was Kickstarter didn't like their product. But that's not anything that they have a right to whine over. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, true, if you don't meet, if you don't meet your goal, you don't get your money. But... You know, much like uh, GoFundMe. Yeah. So they're actually, it's, they have a website, it's frogpodarmy.com. 70 bucks now, but it's not a Kickstarter anymore. And this guy, like, he's got the 3D prints them and he's just going crazy with it. Might be worth looking at. Yeah, I was just looking at, oh, that's something else I did this week. I looked at 3D printers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm even more confused now, so. I know. I know, right? Like, think if I was actually going to pull the trigger, there's a couple people I would reach out to that I know, know, and I'd be like, listen, just set me straight. Beginner, this is kind of what I envision using it for. What's the best one? And I mean the best one in the fact that I want the least headaches, and I want, you know, the least I need to know to, to get a product off of this thing. I just want the easiest, easiest thing to use. But. I just don't know how some of these people get, you know, a five, six, seven, eight thousand dollar three D printer, and then they buy eighteen of them for a three D printer farm as mm-hmm. a business. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. It is, and I'm like, the widgets really sell that well, you know. But I until you talk to me about yours. Uh, business. I don't. I would never have guessed. That's true. Um, 
gaudy but wooden signs okay, would sell. You know, it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was funny stuff. And I always, I always laugh. It's like, there's no way we would hang a sign that we make in our house. Like, it's not our style. I think they're kind of gaudy. <laughs> but like, there's, people like them. If we're just not that type of people. We'd never get something like that. But I just look at, I mean, in my opinion, look at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. As, as immensely successful as they are, do you know how many people have to be the most tasteless coffee drinkers? I'm just, in my opinion. That's absolutely true. Sorry, I was just leaning over seeing. I saw one of the kids had a power cord here. Oh, yes, there we go. I was down to 4% battery. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to die on me. But I know that Starbucks used to be good, man. Like, you used to be able to get Sumatra. I remember even buying, like, aged Sumatra. And this was probably, like, 96, 97. You get, like, these aged Sumatras, and they're really good roasts. And now all they ever have is Pike's Peak. And I'm like, that is disgusting coffee. That is like hogwash. Like, it's not worth it. You don't do that. But all the other drinks are good. It's funny because I like Tim Hortons because it's the exact same cup every time. It's not the greatest coffee on earth, but it's very consistent. And so when we go anywhere, not anywhere, but if we're going to get coffee and we're out and about, we have to hit the Starbucks so Steph can get her the teas she likes from there, and then I, I got to go to Tim's just to get a black coffee. Yeah, the most the most recent batch of Tim Hortons uh, K-Cups that we <clears> bought <throat> is 180 degrees out of every other time I bought it. It's just horrible. Really? Um, it's like the coffee's bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I bought this other stuff from uh, Seattle's Best, and oh, my God, it's so good. Or hmm. K-Cups, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our little Breville. So we've got a Breville espresso machine. And I uh, bought off my brother-in-law for 50 bucks. And that was like eight years ago. Anyways, it's acting weird in that when I go to pull a shot, sometimes it doesn't, it won't route water through that little where it comes out to pull the shot of espresso. And it'll be like two days where I literally can't get it to work. And there's a little tray in the bottom and there's some interior piping for excess water to go. And I can just see it. So literally the water is not going into the pump or wherever it has to go for espresso. And it's just going straight into the bottom and this tray fills up. And you can remove the tray and empty it out. And it'll be like that for two or three days. And I'll keep trying to keep trying it. And then nothing. And I'll go one next day and it'll work for two weeks. And then it'll be like a day or two. And it's just so weird and intermittent. And I just haven't taken it apart. I've, I've looked at some YouTube videos and apparently there's a hose that comes off. But to me, that doesn't make sense with it being intermittent. I would think if a hose would come off, it's not going to put itself on again and then come off and put itself on again. So, but um, man, that thing stopped working. And I'm just like, I got no other means for coffee, really. I'm kind of, well, I got a AeroPress and stuff. But um if that thing ever was on the fritz, man, I would I would have to run out and buy another one. Like, I just love that thing. And I usually only do two coffees now. Like, we do our lattes in the morning, and then usually after that, I make an Americano. But, oh, man, when the machine's not working, I will do our lattes. I'll make an AeroPress or whatever I have to do to get some type of a caffeine. And then I always jump in my car and drive to Langdon to go to Tim Hortons because I need a... I need a main cup of coffee, you know? 
makes the sun come up. Oh yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't drink nearly the, the amount of coffee I used to drink, but one or two cups a, a day in the morning, mm-hmm. just make my day better. Oh yeah. Yep. Now if I skip a day, I'm like, so, but, Oh, I don't skip a day. Yeah. It's kind of like the gym. I don't skip a day. <laughs> just kidding. It's not like Except the gym. Today. Yeah. It, it, I can skip a day at the gym, but I can't skip a day of the coffee. That's not, I usually don't talk to people enough until I've had at least a coffee, you know? I just don't talk to people. <laughs> there coffee you go. has nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right on. Well, I should probably get to work. Unless those signs are making themselves. I'm not sure. Probably not. But this was a good one. Yeah. Long enough for Squadcast to try and kick us off. Well, that was a quality <laughs> issue, not time. Yeah. <laughs> These rednecks, they drop too many truth bombs. <laughs> they're talking bad about electric vehicles. <laughs> you got to shut them down. Oh, uh, yeah. Right on. Well, thanks, Todd. It was great chatting with you. Absolutely, brother. And you guys have a good weekend and enjoy your company coming over next week. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Should uh, do it again next week. Same time, same place. Yep. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's right. Sounds good. And thanks, y'all, for listening. We will see you on the next one. See y'all later.